Okay, so I am here with Charles Volo, Andre Phillips, T. Acton Fitzgerald. Excellent. And what film are y'all with? We are with Lupe. Excellent. Now, I watched it this morning, and let's start with you. What did you do on the film? I was a co-director and co-writer. Excellent. Now, and you were the co-director and co-writer, am I correct? Yes, absolutely. And you were the director of photography? That's correct. I have so many good things to say to you, but we'll wait. Because we're going to talk to the writers, and you have to answer as one. Um, now, this is an intricate story that it seems like the, the approach y'all took was actually, it wasn't as bombastic as it easily could have been. How do you walk that line when you're writing the script? Well, interesting. Bombastic is an interesting term. Um, we started out saying this was going to be a very tiny and intimate film. That was the main goal. Things changed as we moved along. It was a, it was a, a discovery to make the film. We learned a lot. Um, we didn't know what we'd run into, for instance, on a snowy day in the Bronx with a small crew. We didn't know what we'd run into on a, on a day in a, in a sugarcane field in Dominican Republic during rainy season. And so um, a lot of it was found on the day. We didn't have any major intentions as far as bombasticity or anything to that regard, but we did want to make a film that was as truthful as possible. And, and I think, and we, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about this a lot, I think, but we did intentionally let or we, we pushed our talent to bring as many personal stories to our shooting days and to their character as they could. Um, and I think through that is where a lot of that complexity really began to develop because as with you know anybody's stories, things are always more complex, especially the deeper they get into them. Um, and I think that that complexity was really sort of driven and um, but also both driven but also given heart by character people just actually talking about their experiences and their, live, their lived experiences. Um, and allowing us to basically take those take those stories and put it in the context of our film and our characters, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's where the maybe the lack of bombasticity comes from is because these are just actual people who are just talking about their real lives, and those that tends to be a less politicized not politicized or less there's less catchphrases or there's less like uh, maybe stereotypes that. People, but people are just right, less engineered. People are just yeah. living and being and talking about that. And all this mundaneness um, or whatever you yeah, want to call exactly. it, but it's truth. It's, right. Yeah. And, um, Absolutely. And so I think that's where a lot of that complexity and sort of um, in both. I, I like to think we kept the film fairly intimate, and especially a lot of those scenes where, you know, people are talking about dating or fears of being, you know, viewed as tricking someone or being other or not being who they say they are. Um, I think we hopefully. And, and I really hope this comes across is that, that that intimacy is there while still having that complexity of these different way these interactions play off each other. And now I definitely think that the intimacy definitely came across in the cinematography. And so how do you foster that in, in shooting? Um, well, it was a, a single camera show, um, you know, budgetary and just uh, also, you know, that I think when shooting single camera, um, that kind of just comes across because it, it lends itself to a certain edit style because you only got like, you know, we're, we're shooting reverses, but a lot of stuff is happening in the moment and uh, especially with stuff that gets improv, it's kind of like you got to make some choices where it's like, you know, like, well, this is an important moment, but I don't think we're going to get the reverse, certainly not what uh, is being said right now. So it's like a decision to be like, well, fuck it, we're going we're gonna to rack here and we're going to swing around and now we're here. Um, and it's just really making sure that like, the area that we are in, um, we allow for like that. So we, you know, if a lot of in the apartment, we're shooting 360. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're just lighting with practicals and 
you know, the set piece, obviously, you know, that big purple neon. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but uh, it, it, you know, it's tone, it's mood. It's just uh, not to be taken too seriously, but it just creates a vibe in itself and that, you know, so yeah, just uh, being able to be flexible, shoot around 360, uh, kind of plan for like, you know, the light. We're going to do something quick, you know, a lot of times we're shooting magic hour and it's yeah. like, okay, it's only going to feel this intimacy of, you know, the light wraps around in a certain way and this flare reveals for this moment. So you only got like 15 minutes in the wintertime to do that. So it's like just planning the day around like a moment or, you know, uh, just, yeah. I would just based off what you said about the 360, that reminds me of situations, for instance, when we're in a sugarcane field and we'd walk out there and it's sugarcane for as far as the eye could see. And Tom's looking around at the moment. And he's got young Raphael Pedro actor there. And he, and Tom says, look, I need you guys to get lost because I'm going to look everywhere. The camera's going to go everywhere. So myself and uh, you know, Andre would literally have to trust the, trust the process, trust our DP, and we'd go hang out in the van, and they'd go running through the fields, and every angle was exposed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the cities of New York as well, we'd be walking down the street. We'd have a monitor, but we'd have to duck behind a building and lose connection and say, we don't know what they're capturing right now, but they're just in it. They're running through the rain, and they're just getting it. Mm-hmm. And we had, to give a, we had to give a lot of trust up, more so than traditionally with films. Um, but it actually worked really well in the favor of the film. Some of those are be- some of the best moments of the but film. We had wireless, so you guys are seeing it. But sometimes that would just. And when you were really, when you guys were really in it, say, walk, you know, there's moments when the camera's following Raphael through the city, and Raphael was really, um, you know, there's there's these moments that were so cool with Raphael because, as an actor, they would really bring um, some intensity at different times. And we get these moments where he's walking around the city, and he like. All of a sudden, like really takes off and you know really gets into the motion, and, and Tom is following him and stuff like that. So we like lose connection for a moment, but we come back and we review a clip together, and you see this like you know Raphael's face is you know really, we're really seeing the moment on there, um, and the, the shot is beautiful. We you know I'm thinking a lot of when we were filming in Harlem, and you see the rain on the streets, and you just see this beautiful New York environment. Um, but yeah, I mean, and what Chuck was saying, this really does a lot of it go back to this collaborative nature of the film, where there were things that we knew there was enough energy between, say, our talent and Tom or our talent and each other and, and Chuck and I that there are moments where we could be a little bit more uh, freer with how artistic decisions were made and we could also take times to really drill down into aspects of, that we wanted, whether that be a particular shot or moment or story point. Um, so it was this very cool, and I think um, part of that allowed us, or was helpful in, in, cap, in allowing Tom to capture really beautiful visuals um, despite being in this more documentary-style environment in some ways. And I guess that, that also helped with the immediacy of the entire thing because it felt like it was it felt like it was of a moment, but you still got that intimacy, which usually only happens when you linger. Oh. And I and that I I one hundred percent give that to you. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah, no. guy. But but no, I mean it's, it's a really fascinatingly beautifully constructed film, and that was one of the things that just moved me is that you know. A film that is that well constructed, so that it doesn't feel necessarily constructed, because you know I often use constructed as a as a diss on films. Um, as every interview we've done so far, The Matrix is a constructed film, whereas Eternal Spotlight is a constructed film that doesn't feel constructed. And I love that, and I think you guys hit that really well with with Thank yours. You. And I think lot, I mean a lot of that credit goes to our editor, Sharon Carolyn Amir, who's Absolutely. based out of Los Angeles. Um, you know, because when we brought her the film, we sort of had a cut that we've been working with is, you know, sort of, let's get the scenes down there and, and, and start shaping things up. And, um, it all made sense, but it had no passion. Right? And, yeah. and she took it and she pulled these moments in the film that 
we might have been as filmmakers, you know, as first-time filmmakers, a little bit too shy to really pull out. But she she went in there and worked with us and brought that a lot of that, both that structure, but a lot of the heart really infused that back into the film. I um, in this fascinating way that was so cool to get get her first edit back and be like, boom, there's the movie, and and then just to continue refining it with her over time. And she poured so much time and energy and love into the film. Um, so I mean, you know, cre again, credit where credit is due. Sharon really um, is a huge part of that. I think that beautiful structure, taking all these, again, these more documentary-style moments that always were meant to be tied together, um, but she found this really beautiful way to actually do that tying together. Um, and so uh, she she came in and, and worked remotely in L.A. with us, and we, we spent a lot of time talking. Um, but it's just so exciting to see what she did with the film. Now, what's, what's y'all's background in leading into film? If this is your first feature, uh, where, where did you come to that from? Um, well, this is our first feature. We had been working as freelancers, as videographers, as what have you in, in the New England area for a long time. We worked on other films, we worked on shorts, we did little things, but this was our first opportunity to do, to do a full feature. Uh, yeah, my um, sort of a weird family trade. My, uh, my uncle's an editor, um, one, of the, one of the early guys working on Media Composer back in the day. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Michael Phillips. My dad was, worked as a cinematographer when he was younger and also worked at Avid. Um, and then began to teach film. So I was holding bounce cards when I was like five years old with, you know, with my dad, like changing film, doing, working on little productions. Um, so it was always sort of a family thing. Um, and then I got into it, uh, into filmmaking and working with directing and Chuck and I started working together. I mean, with, and Tom as well. I mean, 11 years ago now, I would say, um, in, in varying different capacities. Um, and yeah, so we've sort of been inured in it now for, inured, inured, enmeshed <laughs> for a, over a decade now. And, and this is one of the bigger projects we've gotten to do. Okay, this is the final question. This is the hardest question I'm asking every filmmaker I talk to. You are given godlike powers to allow, I'm sorry, to force every member of an audience who sees your film to eat one sandwich while they are watching the film. What sandwich is it? Easy, a Cubano. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Uh, an Italian. A proper Italian sub. Because one of the directors is Italian. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that yeah. homage. That's yeah. a nice shout yeah. out. More and because you took mine. Yeah. <laughs> I guess while we're on, I'll go with a Caprese. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Excellent choices. <laughs> so when do you all show? Uh, we show tomorrow, Friday the 8th at 3 Below at 9.15 9 p.m. PM. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Cool, great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. That's awesome.